This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about technology that affects all of us in a format that allows you to consume it in the time it takes to go to and from the grocery store. I'm your host, Lou Covey, and I probably know more about it than you do. And if I don't, I know someone who does. But first... This episode of Crucial Tech is brought to you by Cyber Protection Magazine. This is a brand new publication launched in January of 2021. And while our focus is not on the engineering aspects of cybersecurity, we have found that many engineers in the digital world are just as overwhelmed by the issues as non-technical people. Our goal is to inform and educate everyone on this very important issue. The publication is free to users, and we are looking for sponsors who struggle to tell their story to their markets. Contact us at cyberprotectionmagazine.com today. That's cyberprotection-magazine.com. And let's make the world safe for everyone. Welcome back to Crucial Tech, and we have a very special episode. We don't have any experts we're going to talk to today. We're going to talk to some people who have been affected by scams. Uh, And it all started uh, actually several months ago uh, when I started uh, hearing about a a rise of uh, email scams, phishing, and that sort of thing that's coming out of uh, Russia uh, that's using... um, spoofing techniques and uh, telegram and uh, getting information out of classified advertising uh, platforms like uh, job platforms. And then I had a a friend uh, contact me, Janet Borgen from Redwood City, uh, because her email had been spoofed and she had a question to ask. And this is Janet asking that question. Hey, my email got spoofed. So how does that happen? And what's the difference between spoofing, hacking, or whatever the other phrases are? How do we know the difference? And that is a very good question, Janet, because lots of people get that backwards. You see it a lot on Facebook and social media uh, platforms where somebody says, hey, my Facebook got hacked. And uh, if you got any information, any friend request for me, it's not me. Well, that is not hacking. Hacking is something very specific. Hacking is when a bad actor has actually gotten a hold of your account. You've gained full access to it, which means they could have access to more than just your email account. Now, there are a variety of ways to hack an email account, include guessing your email password, which seems unlikely, but then there's lots of people that use very simple passwords like password123 or their birthdays or anniversary dates or other information that's easily obtained on social media. Uh, They could have answered your security questions correctly if you have that set up. Uh, You entered into a website or form, and it may have been a phony website that was offering you some sort of a free gift or a site you visited from a link in an email. Uh, Or you use the same password on a different site that got hacked, like what happened with Experian when they accessed uh, customer files and got all their information. Uh, You could also have a spyware program installed on your computer uh, 
that records you typing in your password uh, and then sends it to a hacker. Now, that's a little bit harder to find uh, simply because that's, that's, that's a key logger. And sometimes there are uh, uh, sites uh, that are legitimate that will install a key logger uh, on your system. It happens to me every once in a while, but I have a, some malware uh, software that identifies it for me and I remove it as soon as it happens. Uh, so what you need to do is check your recent email activity to see if anything that was sent that you were not aware of, change your password, use different passwords for every account, start using a password manager, which is even better, that can generate random complex passwords. That's what I do. And I change my password once a month on everything, no matter what. It's a pain in the butt, but it's a good way to stay safe. Uh, you can update your system to the latest operating system and update your security software if you have some. I run on a Mac, so I don't really run a lot of security software. I have scanners and things like that, but Macintoshes are not as vulnerable to uh, malware as some other packages. It's getting worse, but it's not quite as bad. Uh, then you can need to check if, if you have some some of this software, you can run scans to check for viruses and malware and other undesirable software that will actually speed your computer up. Now, all that's about hacking. What we're talking about today is spoofing. And spoofing is easier than hacking because it doesn't require the, uh, the malfactor to have access to your computer. It essentially tricks you into giving it to them. So spoofing is when a hacker pretends to be someone known by a person or a network in order to gain access to sensitive information, mostly for financial gain. Uh, now, it can, it's usually just confined to an email. Like, I've got these guys that have been trying to get me for some time. It's really stupid, but they send an email to lou at aol.com. Now, just for... Uh, just, just for the reality of it, I haven't had an AOL.com for about 40 years. <laughs> so I know for sure that that email wasn't coming to me. But what they did is they made it, uh, they, they spoofed that email for, for something else, for a very simple general password that I have. And when it started coming in, you know, I knew it wasn't for me. So I just immediately goes into uh, the garbage file and gets deleted on a regular basis. Um, so I know that's not going to be for me and I'm not even going to be interested in it. But it does happen sometimes that if you don't if you don't look at that address that it's supposed to be going to, you can be a, uh, a, a victim of a spoofer. Now, no matter what that type of spoofing is used, and it could be more than just your email because it could also be with a DNS or IP. That's, that's domain name server or IP address. Now, let me explain that. IP addresses are installed on every device that you use to connect to the internet. It identifies that particular device and it can be spoofed. And I'm gonna get into that in, in another specific case pretty soon here. Uh, or it could be spoofing the domain name server, which is DNS, which is the domain name server is a server that translate an IP address to a, a URL or, or an email address. Okay, that takes a lot more um, 
sophistication on the part of the, the, the spoofer. But to understand how spoofing works, think of the classic wolf in sheep's clothing. The wolf, in this case, is our spoofer, who dresses up as a sheep or something that is, is welcomed by you or, or other sheep. Uh, so that could be anybody of your friends. Once that person has obtained the victim's trust, the danger starts becoming apparent because email and phone excuse me, phone, email and phone spoofers, because it can work on the phone too, where, where you know they give you a number of that you recognize, and it turns out to be some guy in a call center in India who isn't who you thought it was. But they manipulate you into turning over sensitive personal information, which can lead to financial fraud or identity theft. These guys frequently use email spoofing to ensnare victims in phishing campaigns. And what a phishing campaign is, is to send out these spoofed emails to a large group of people and try and get them to give them that same information. And what they do is they build up a database of suckers. And those suckers will do, uh, you know, a few of them will do exactly what they want. Now, other types of spoofing tend to be targeted at networks rather than individuals with the goals of spreading malware, stealing data, and bypassing security systems. This is when hacking comes in. because So they use the spoofing technique to gain the data they need for actual hacking. And that's where we come into this next conversation that I had. Uh, th this uh, woman contacted me after she had been uh, approached by a potential employer. This is, this is really awful in this day and time because there are lots of people that are unemployed and underemployed and they're desperately looking for work and they're using job board sites like monster.com or indeed.com and these bad people are using those sites to find people looking for work. It's a great way to find people who are desperate. And that's exactly what happened with this, this person. I'm not going to say her name uh, because uh, there's an active investigation going on in this that I've helped her get in touch with the FBI on this. And what they did, she, she is a, a single woman, um, semi-retired, trying to supplement her income. And, you know, times are tough. And so she needed, she needed some extra work. And she, so she put herself up on... Uh, on um, Indeed.com, where she has gotten lots of leads in the past. And yesterday, on World Password Day of all days, this group of people contacted her to offer her a job. And now let's, let's go into this conversation, and you'll, we'll learn a lot through this process. And then I'm going to come back and talk about how this happens on a, a greater detail and what you can do about it. Okay, so uh, I'm not going to use your name because I don't want anyone else to know about this stuff until at least the uh, law enforcement organizations figure it out. But how did you initially get contacted by the, this organization? I was contacted via text by someone that was representing themselves as uh, Green, uh, green Salates, um not HR, but, you know, someone that was in the in hiring for Green Slate. And would I be willing to interview for a list of these potential jobs and blah, blah, blah. So, yes, I, was, I, I got a text 
So, the so they, they, they contacted you through your mobile phone with a text, correct? Okay, and Correct. and just just for the listeners, Greensulate is a legitimate company. They they make building materials from uh, essentially mushrooms. So it's a very green program. It's well respected and gets really good reviews from employees on Glassdoor. So you got contacted through your phone number, and what did they ask you to do next? Uh, when I agreed to interview, they asked me to um, go onto the Telegraph, download the Telegraph. Well, they asked me if I had it then download it, and then contact this other individual through Telegraph to have an interview. Yeah, that's it's Telegram. Telegram. <laughs> Telegram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you contact you, you, you downloaded uh, Telegram, and I and I, I took a look at, at your the text that you you sent to me, and uh, they really walked you right through the process and and got you involved in a. What what looked to be a fairly professional interview uh, with uh, an HR person, correct? Or, or yes. no, when, uh, you know, this is going to be the, the person who's going to be your supervisor. No, no, no. This was the HR. The interviewer was an HR person in the hiring manager. Okay. Whatever. And and we had a fairly extensive interview. Lots of information. Lots of specifics, like the you know. Um, the amount of money, the type of job, the do job description, all these different links and things like that for all these different, um, because this is a work from home situation that would, I would put on my computer and, you know, like, um, I don't even know how to, a lot of them I, I didn't recognize, but they were all about um, different kinds of applications that you would use for the company. Working, okay. including um, the one that I did know. Not Peachtree, but uh, what is that one? QuickBooks. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. List of things like that. So they went through all of, all of your, um, your potential skills. And after you finished that interview, what was the next thing that happened? Well, he... He had me hold for a minute, and then he came back and said, I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next step was uh, for me to contact this other person on WhatsApp. So there are three different individuals, according to what you saw anyway, that I was communicating with. So I, I did that. Okay. I contacted, his name was James... Silverberg or something like that. Okay, so and I so, so now you've yeah. gone from your phone text to Telegram and now to WhatsApp. Yes. Okay. So uh, what was I, the outcome of, of that, that next conversation? Well, that's when things got a little suspicious for me. Everything seemed very legitimate and, and above board. I'd looked at the website. You know, I knew it was a real company and even though it was all through text and messaging, I thought, well, I guess this is the new way they're doing it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but when I got on with this guy, he changed the whole story to that it was not a full-time job, but a part-time job, three hours a day. And it what really the first thing that I heard him say that that was like what was that I would be printing out. Um, Printing out documents and sending them via uh, 
express mail. And could I go? And this is what really was like, he's asking me to go get a bunch of express mail documents in as many post offices as I can right. before I'm even employed. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. So um, at that point, I started asking questions and um, I was pressing him for some sort of documentation because I wasn't, because the company was legit. I mean, I even asked him, do you work there? And he said, of course, you know, and, and, and these, the, the, the messaging back and forth with him, it would be quite a space of time between sections of the thing. Cause he was obviously probably doing the same t- thing to other people at the same time. You know how that goes. Yeah. So, but I, I told him that, I, I said to him that what he's saying, that them just tracking the hours in, from their side and all this stuff was no guarantee for me, and I needed more than that. Yeah. So he said that they, that they would be sending me an offer letter. And I thought, okay, well, okay. So three or four hours later, and I'm saying, hey, I don't have this, you know, and, and really starting to wonder. And, and he finally, I did get one. And what did the letter say? It said that it's a three hour a day job at a certain amount of money, which was way less than the other guy. The initial guy explained the job was worth. And, and, you know, it was all about, it was very, very basic. It had no in, anything about um, holidays and all the stuff with the other guy said, you know, all the things that you normally get when you work a job. And they even stated in the other thing, the other text situation that, even part-time people got this, right? So I'm asking him, where's that information, right? <laughs> and um, so I looked at that and I realized that that wasn't really legit and kind of wondered about that. And then I saw the W-4. They were going to actually take taxes as well, right? Yeah. And I had asked about that. To me, that says legit, okay, if they're taking taxes. But on the W-4 sheet... At the bar, supposed to where you have the company name, it was literally his name with an EIN number. And uh, a friend advised me to look up the EIN number, and so we did, and that was um, illegitimate. And I, I didn't say that to him at that point. I said, "You, you are not the employer. You can't put your name on this." And he said it was because I would send it back to him, and I said, "That's not how it works." you know, this is wrong. You know what I mean? And he just kind of went dark. And then I, then later I I said to him that this EIN number is bogus. You're trying to, you're trying to con me or something like that. And then later I sent back the thing and said, I'm reporting you to the FBI, (laughs) which I did. (laughs) Okay. So uh, what have we learned from all this? Well, for one thing, you know, I don't think texting to for job opportunities is the new thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think there needs to be a little more substance than that. It may start that way. Maybe that's going to happen. I don't know. But right now, I'm telling you, if some naive young person that didn't really understand the, the workings of business would have got really caught up in that, because on the W-4 is all your Social Security information, you know, they had my driver's license because they had given the the second individual had 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 me fill out a um, a background check. But it was very it wasn't 
I've done a lot of background checks, and this didn't really ask that many questions. Yeah. But they did get, they got my driver's license back in front. But that's the only information really that they got besides where I live. Yeah, it's that's bad enough. But I'm I'm glad you walked into this with both eyes open and uh, setting your bullshit meter on number eleven. Yeah, I mean, I just—it's so frustrating. I was so excited about the potential to work at that company. Yeah, that's and especially in this day and time where people are looking for jobs and they're seeing the economy grow, and they're looking for any opportunity, and these people are taking advantage of it. So I want to thank you for coming forward and and calling me and letting me know what was going on, and uh, I will let you know how things turn out. Okay. That's wonderful. I really, really appreciate your input on this because maybe it will make a difference, you know. And I'm I really so. glad that I'm glad because of that. You know All what right. I mean? I, 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 you know what I mean? But just, I would really, it would have been really, it, it's so unfortunate to think that there are people getting taken advantage of like this because they don't know. Yeah. And that's that's how it all works. Uh, people, right. uh, these people work through the naivete and hopes of other people, and the only way the only way we can fight it is to bring light on it. So, thank you for your time on this. Now, what this uh, listener has provided is uh, a description of what is known as a classic scam. Uh, classic scam uh, has been run most actively from Russia into Europe and other countries. Uh, but it's not the first time when Russia serves as a testing ground for cyber criminals. Uh, this particular group of people have been conning people out of cash in Russia uh, since the summer of 2019. Uh, and they have been expanding through Europe as they deal with the, uh, the language barriers. Uh, on, a, on a fairly uh, regular basis. Uh, generally, it works when they just make an offer of a product like a, uh, uh, a magazine or a camera or a game console at, at incredibly low prices. And I, you know, I've even seen this on Facebook where, they're, where they have an ad for brand new Macintosh computers for 20 bucks. Uh, you know that's how they how they get you with things that seem to be completely too good to be true, which they generally are. And so the the, the it started out with just a very small amount of money, about one hundred and twenty dollars uh, per user was 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 taken from the uh, these these marks. Um, but on top of that, they use that to get them to give you the, give them much more information and to move to a third-party messenger. That's that's pretty much the way uh, the scams work on all of them. Most of them are using WhatsApp, but uh, lately Telegram has become a more popular choice. Right now, the scam using Telegram uh, has actually built victims out of $6.5 million just since January uh, of this year. Uh, and and it's growing. Um, it's part it's part of the the classic classic scam call, uh, and it's being sold as a service by Russian speaking cyber criminals that has been used by at least forty separate cyber gangs, which all uh, which has been in operation since twenty twenty. Uh, 
essentially what they do, uh, what the scammers are doing, they're buying these kits from Russia. And they publish bait ads on popular marketplaces and classified websites, such as uh, LibreCoin or German logistics companies like uh, DHL. And they're, like I said, they sell all kinds of products. But they have been moving into the job boards, because, as I said, because they can uh, operate, uh, they, can, they can get a whole lot more people by using those databases. And they're really easily accessed. You can just sign up as an employer and, and follow it that way. But in this process, they set up an elaborate uh, network uh, of, of users or fake names. Uh, all the names that, I, uh, that this, this woman gave me, uh, none of them exist in connection with uh, Green Slate at all. Um, in fact, Green Slate doesn't have as many people working for them in uh, California as were given to this woman. Uh, there are like maybe three or four people. And they're a real busy company, uh, and they, they don't answer the phone all the time. Uh, I've left several messages with the New York office and with the Long Beach office and have yet to hear back from any of them. They probably don't know what the hell is going on themselves. So... That's that's the pattern. You find somebody, you get them to move to a, an untraceable messaging platform like WhatsApp or Telegram, and they trick you into giving you all kinds of private information. Now, this woman would not have been an easy mark. She didn't have any money. She's got very little in her bank account. That's why she's looking for these jobs. However, she could have given up her list of friends. She could have given up additional emails. She could have just let them use her particular email to contact others because the name of the game is numbers. The more people you can contact, the more likely it is you're going to get a hit. So that's what you've got to look out for. If things seem to be too good to be true, they probably are. If they don't want to use traditional methods of communication, if they want to use methods that are untraceable. You know, that there, that's a good thing to do on a personal basis and with people you already know. Uh, I use a, 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 a messaging app that is uh, secure. Uh, it is untraceable. And I don't tell people who, who I'm using it. I only accept connections with people that I do know. And that's the key. You have to absolutely know who these people are. And even if it seems like you might know them. You know, most of the time, the people that get identified by these things, they're not all that technically savvy themselves. And if, if you find a good friend who you know is not technically savvy is trying to contact you through one of these apps or to offer you something, uh, which is what happened with, with Janet. Uh, Janet's email sent out, uh, do, are, are you on, and they gave an app, uh, I need your help. And that was the end of it. And the thing is that I know Janet, and she doesn't do those sort of things. She doesn't make those kind of blind requests, especially on email. She will pick up the phone and call you. And as you can see, she's got a very distinctive voice, so I know exactly who she is. And she doesn't have a problem with asking for help. So those are the things you got to look out for. Uh, all this stuff, if you're not familiar with it, it can be used to scam you. So keep yourself safe. 
Be wary. Don't give up any information if you possibly can, even your driver's license. This woman we talked to actually did send uh, pictures of the front and back of her driver's license. Now, the thing is, that's fairly easily uh, obtained information. Uh, all you have to have is a name and a, uh, and a basic address. You can probably get anybody's license number information. It's, it's fairly simple. We use it all the time because even though it's not supposed to be official government ID, people use, uh, companies request it all the time because it's a photo ID. Uh, try and avoid doing that too. Uh, hold on to your information and be vigilant and be skeptical and you'll stay safe. Thanks uh, everyone for asking these questions. Uh, keep them coming in. Uh, this has been Lou Covey with uh, Crucial Tech. If you have any other questions or concerns, go to anchor.fm slash crucial tech. And there's a button where you can leave a one minute audio call. I'll make you a star if you do. Uh, come back again. Uh, we're going to be doing something really interesting pretty soon that may have greater effect on you than you might imagine. This has been Lou Covey with Crucial Tech, a Footwasher Media production.